interrupt your regularly scheduled Horror Virgin episode for a special update. This week, I know you were expecting Oculus, but because of the snowmageddon that passed through Nashville, and due to the fact that Mikey pretty much had to live at work because of that, we were not able to record Oculus in time to get it out for this Monday. But fear not! We had already recorded a very special episode with some friends of ours, the Nightmare on Film Street podcast, on the Amityville Horror Remake that came out in 2005. So we're going to drop that episode today. Enjoy. And next week you will hear Oculus, the listener request for February. Again, sorry for the switch up, but things happen and we apologize. But trust me, this is an awesome episode. You guys are going to love it. Enjoy. This episode brought to you by the following patrons, Amy, William, Karoon, Sasha, Scott, David, Eddie, Ori, Brandon, Awesome Possum Blossom, Isaac, Jeff, Odem Bones, Kate B, Tristam, Matthew, Nick B, and Chris. And Chris and all the patrons want you to know that you're loved, you're listened to, and you are a valued member of this Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group or in the Discord server where we talk all the time. I think I watched the wrong movie. I watched the Amityville Horror. Oh, yeah? With Josh Brolin? No, no, no. The Amityville Horror. Oh. Are we allowed to say that word? I thought it's Amityville sex worker. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Goodreads' website about the Amityville Horror, written by Kiki Wellington. The Amityville Horror is a 5,700-word story that contains sexually explicit material in adult language. This story is not appropriate for children and may be offensive to some readers. Warning, the Amityville Horror contains lusty levitations, ghostly grabbing, and sexual stupidity. That's amazing! <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd. And joining us this week are John and Kim from the Nightmare on Film Street podcast. Yay! yay. <laughs> Todd told us all to say yay before we started. It feels very forced. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for having us on. Absolutely. Yeah, is, I, am, yeah. I have been wanting to talk to you guys for so long. <laughs> and also, thank you very much for, <laughs> for getting us to watch Ryan Reynolds' abs. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so much we're going to talk about. Obviously, so the movie we, we t- are going to talk about this week is the remake of Amityville Horror. Okay, let me just ask this. Is this the first time any of you had seen this movie before? Or was it just my first time? It was my first time as well. Oh, okay. <gasps> what? I saw it in college, and I heard that John and Kim love 2000s horror. Yeah, we do. yeah we do. And this is like pretty good 2000s horror. <laughs> I mean, when I think of early 2000s, I think of Ryan Reynolds shirtless. <laughs> and wet. Don't we all? wet. Yeah. Although, I mean, he pulls a real insidious to Wattrick Pilsen vibe. Oh, yeah. Of like, oh, when yeah. he becomes like evil Ryan Reynolds. And for a hot minute, as I was, I was watching it, I was like, how do we Wattrick Pilsen this? And I was like, Ryan Reynolds are both ours. I know, you can't. It would still be Ryan Reynolds. We can just, <laughs> in honor of Cam, we can just call him a dirty boy. Yeah, <laughs> comes a dirty boy. George Dirty Boy Lutz. I got it. 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 Six 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 pack. <laughs> oh. oh wow! Oh, when the good. devil's doing your workout plan. <laughs> so, so John and or Kim, had you guys seen this movie before? Yeah, actually, we had been meaning to revisit this one for a while, so oh, it was yeah. actually really great to watch it because I think uh, we both watched it around release. I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking for you. We we didn't know each other then, but yeah, because it came out 2005, right? Oh yeah, yes. I saw this. I thought this in the theater in high school, and probably have not seen it since. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen it the one time uh, until now. Yeah, what did you think about it when you first saw it? 
Hated it. Oh yeah, probably disliked it <laughs> greatly. Oh really? <laughs> but like, oh yeah, but that's that's also just like that was a period in my life where I was just way too critical about everything, oh, and yeah. I was just riled up with everybody hate. else. Like yeah. we don't need these fucking remakes. This is bullshit. Why are they remaking this? Me, man, kind of dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it needs fewer shirts if it's gonna be a remake. Like, do, do it right. Herms or bust. It should be all chopping wood. Who needs the rest of it? Right? <laughs> to be fair, though, the Amityville Horror, like the original Amityville Horror, not a favorite film of mine anyway, so I probably just went in with that chip on my shoulder also. Yeah. I, I really like the original. You For really s- like I, the original? I, you're going really, to put stack of really I, on no, that? I do. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I like it. I know it's like, it's. it doesn't have the greatest like rewatchability because you're like, oh, oh. This is aging, but I enjoy it. I think Kim just likes a James Brolin that she can't trust. Oh, yeah. Same, Kim. Same. <laughs> and honestly, Margot Kidder's in that movie. Like, Superman's yeah, girlfriend right? is crushing it in leg warmers in that movie. I still hated it because mm. it was scary. But I, <laughs> but I respected the leg warmer game. This movie and, and the original, for me, fall into, like, a Conjuring 2 vibe of I know the real story and it so it bothers me when they're like, they actually got haunted. And I'm like, it's a hoax. Yeah. I know the true <laughs> crime behind it. We're essentially watching what came out of a legal defense. Yes. Yeah. 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 I do like to imagine Paige in the back row of a theater just booing. She's so fun to watch movies with. The Warrens were ambulance chasers for horror. Just like. <laughs> yeah. The Christian Avengers are not like that. they chop lots more wood for crosses i'm glad i picked it i'm glad you guys enjoyed watching it at least i I remember in college i liked it when i saw it just because i was in college and it was fun uh but yeah ryan reynolds just kills it and everything he does he almost kills these kids and everything (laughs) i honestly hated this movie this movie was so scary for me like there were so many like jump scares that were okay so i'll just be honest with you guys up front I started watching this last night at like 10 o'clock. Natalie had gone to sleep and I was like laying in bed watching it. And 23 minutes in, I had to turn it off and watch 30 Rock. (laughs) I could not do it because there was this, I I couldn't. I was so scared. And it was like 23 minutes in. Like, go watch it. Stop it at 23 minutes in. There's nothing going on. They just bought a house. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so much commitment for, like, a house. How do you do yeah. As someone who just bought a house, I was terrified. You're like, no, the down payment. Oh, oh God. God. I mean, I wish someone had been murdered in my house. It would have been a lot cheaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could have negotiated at least, like, a few points off that, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I have some fun facts on whether or not you have to disclose that somebody was murdered in your house. <gasps> do you not have Ooh. to? I'll wait till fun facts, I think, actually. Oh, okay, I- let's start. Let's start with, would you move into a place you knew someone got murdered in? Yes, yes I absolutely. would. Absolutely. <laughs> the biggest hurdle is trying to convince, the, is trying to wipe this, like, the yeah. smirk off my face when I'm talking to the realtor. <laughs> to get the price down, I'd really be like, this is kind of a sale for yeah. me. Like, I don't know. Haunted, huh? Hmm. Oh, no. And what rooms did you say people were murdered in? Blood from the light sockets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, how about we just get into this movie? Because we got a lot to talk about. So we open this movie with uh, kind of almost like a dream sequence of the Ronnie DeFeo murders. And 
in this section, I was actively comparing it to the depiction of the same murders in Conjuring 2. And I think I actually like this better, although it is pretty graphic. It is real graphic. I, I mm-hmm. was squirming for sure. Especially with the strobe light effects with the guns and your man, when he looks at the, I don't know the little girl's name, but like when he looks at her and says, I love you, and then shoots Jody, her in yeah. the face, I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, this is horrible. Yeah, the one thing this was missing that Conjuring 2 had Patrick Wilson. Well, yeah. Always. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but mainly <laughs> there was an effect that they used in Conjuring 2. They used it twice and it was both in this scene, then they never used it again. That like snap focus of yeah. like people sitting facing one way and then snapped to like skipping a couple frames so they're facing forward directly and that was a really creepy kind of layer on their version of it now the thing that's really interesting about this opening scene is they're very very faithful to the crime scene photos which if you've seen them and if you're familiar with the case is kind of nice that they did their homework but this movie fully buys into Ronnie DeFeo's defense that he heard voices telling him to kill them. And the one thing I do like about it is it presents the voices in the way that they were presented in the court case, where he thought that they were out to get him and kind of banding together against him, and that's why he was going to kill them. And it kind of gives the same vibe to the voices that Ryan Reynolds hears later on, where it's kind of this, like, everyone's an ungrateful asshole and I have to kill them, like they're out to get me. So I do kind of like that measure of realism. But just for a brief overview of the Ronnie DeFeo murders, if you haven't listened to Conjuring 2 or if it's been a while and you only remember the Confederate Ouija board from that episode. <laughs> oh, John and Kim, I'm so sorry you had to hear that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Confederate Ouija board? I mean, I feel like we should have done some homework here. Uh- <laughs> uh, but the, the basics of the Ronnie DeFeo murders are he shot his parents and his four siblings, took a shower, changed his clothes, and then waited another 10 and a half hours for a total of Whoa. 15 hours yeah, like you do. from the time of the murders to the time that he called 911. And then he self-reported all of the bodies. And the court determined that even though, yes, they do believe he was hearing voices and having hallucinations and delusions, most of those were A, tied to his excessive drug use, but also B, he still knew what he was doing was wrong. And that's why... He had taken all the time to change clothes and then report it, which meant that he was ultimately convicted of those murders regardless. So if you're curious, that's the real story behind it. The Lutz family that this movie covers moves in afterward. After the Ronnie DeFeo murders have been a news story, they claim that they were not informed of the murders that happened in the house. And they go on to write a whole book about what happens to them. Uh, The Warrens get involved, Ed and Lorraine, and it becomes this huge public thing until a number of people investigate their case further, and it turns out that it was very, very likely a hoax. Yeah, but that's like the made-up real-life story that they did to make money, right? Oh, yeah, they've totally admitted that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like 100%. Like, even George, like... close to the end of his life was like yeah you know it's probably mostly just physical illness i think it was like embellished maybe yeah well (laughs) and this i mean this movie does something really really interesting and i mean the the story of the lutzes does anyway where it's structured like a classic poltergeist story but it doesn't have what we would think of as like a centralized poltergeist figure if you want to compare it to like a similar case the one from conjuring 2 which is the the enfield poltergeist is centered on a girl going through puberty which 
as we know, that time tends to attract poltergeists, if you believe in poltergeists. And nobody in this movie is really of the Menarche age for that to be happening. <laughs> to use a technical term, I, I have a headcanon about this movie. Let's say that you're a dad with three kids and you die. Great. And your wife marries some hot ass. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, and they move into a nice house, and that's the life you wanted. So what are you going to do? You're going to possess him and make them hate you. <laughs> it's good to know you've got plans for afterlife, Mikey. <laughs> well, this is just making me worried if Jake ever dies before me, because you know... You know, my very next step is to find a Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you? Okay. Did you guys see the the picture of the family before? Like, he's just like an average looking dude. So, like, this mom <laughs> upgraded to <laughs> <laughs> so that six 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 pack. Yeah, those are definitely not construction worker muscles, right? Like, <laughs> right. I used to work. I worked construction before this pandemic. And oh, they, so you got a six 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 pack too? Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, those wood chopping muscles. Yeah. Now everybody, everybody, woo and ah on cue. I'll lift my shirt right now. <laughs> woo! Yeah, right. Oh my That's goodness. It. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm crying because I feel so bad about myself. <laughs> I mean, uh, my my husband is a a carpenter and and currently works in a machine shop and doesn't need to work out because of that. So. <laughs> like yeah. there's some truth to it maybe i don't know that's the best humble brag i've ever heard in my life <laughs> mikey and i however need to work out but don't oh no what are you talking about i'm a carpenter and i do build stuff so look at this <laughs> look at it. i too have have some uh some extended quarantine shame <laughs> yeah I gained the COVID-19. <laughs> so we cut to a title card that says Deer Park, Long Island, one year later. And this is where we see Ryan Reynolds in bed being Yeah, hot. we do. Yeah. His wife, Kathy, comes in and they're kind of like making out. And then her son walks in on them and is like, what are you doing to my mom? And he just says, nothing. Yet dot, dot, now, dot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Ghost Dad growls in the corner. <laughs> I love that there's a POV shot from inside the scuba gear that the little kid's wearing, though. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, shit! This movie's doing fun stuff. <laughs> How dare you get this creative? <laughs> uh, but he asks, "Do I have to call you Dad now?" And he's like, "No, you can call me anything." And he settles on crap monkey fart. And I yep really respect his commitment to creativity. I thought it was weird that he said, "No, only your mom calls me that." I thought it was weird. Like a weird choice in dialogue <laughs> to say to a child. Shh. Crap monkey fart is my father. Uh, <laughs> we cut to the kitchen where he's making everyone breakfast badly. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed. But he she married him for looks, Paige. I know. <laughs> hey, I hey, hey, hey. I got a real looker in the kitchen who can also cook eggs. So I can't believe you have notes on breakfast. I do because I know how to cook eggs. Uh, so he's cooking the eggs in the skillet and then he lifts the skillet and there's eggs all over the side of it as if he's been sloshing them out and they're cooking to the side of the skillet. It's a movie. The director needed to give him a flaw. He showed up to set ripped and they were like, oh, God. Like, uh, he, uh, <laughs> oh, he, no. he can't cook. He sucks yeah. at eggs. <laughs> He's in the kitchen like in brightest day and blackest night. And they're like, we've got to fix this. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about Green Lantern as this movie's happening. 
<laughs> but I, I forgot about the eggs entirely because I saw baby Chloe Moretz. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, so cool. that was a huge surprise. So cute. Uh, this is also where we meet their older kid, Billy, who's 12 years old. And his whole monologue during the scene is basically, you're not my real dad. Yeah. And you never <laughs> will be. That's his whole arc for the movie. That's my whole arc of life, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're fully 30 and still like walk around with that energy. <laughs> you're not my dad, Todd. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm your boss. And this is from HR. We need to talk. <laughs> you keep calling everyone dad. <laughs> and where is that thunderstorm? Oh. <laughs> so they get the kids sent off to school, and then Ryan Reynolds and or George and Kathy, yeah, uh, drive out to see a house, and it is the Amityville house. And the realtor is just like, "Oh, walk through! Isn't it beautiful? Everything is gorgeous. This whole house is gorgeous." Check out the basement. I'm not going down there with you. Yes, <laughs> no, yes, that's a red flag. There. I don't care who you are. When I was looking at houses, if my realtor was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, go in that room," I'll just be outside. I would not go in that room. Yeah, <laughs> that's a smart move. That realtor is like the picture book definition of looking the other way because she turns around, sees a ghost, and goes, "Nah, I didn't see nothing." Oh, yeah, she's the only one. You're right. She's the only one that does and she's like i just need this three percent or whatever yeah, three and a half percent yeah <laughs> she's like i'm just doing it for the commission just get the fuck out of here, oh, I gotta get this gotta get the fuck out of here. if you were buying a house and there was a room that your realtor wouldn't go in now the other thing too, before i get to that there is a huge leak in the ceiling that they see and angle on which was probably where one of the bodies was Ooh. but like no one says anything about it. Oh, I thought they just edited out the whole inspection and all that stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they just skipped past it. Although I do think some of that stuff he is going to fix, right? Because yeah, in his yeah, yeah. mind, it's a fixer-upper, and that's why it's cheap. That's not why it's cheap, baby. But now I'm just picturing Chip and Joanna Gaines being like, yeah, don't worry about the basement. Uh, we're going to take it down to the studs. It's going to be fine. There's probably holes in the ceiling, you know, from the rifle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. If you toured a house and a realtor would not go into part of that house, you're not buying that house. No. It doesn't matter what kind of a deal it is. In fact, just make your realtor walk in front of you in case something bad happens. <laughs> you go first. Yeah, I'll follow you. And she's like, it's a spacious basement. Tell me about it from down there. Yeah, send pictures. <laughs> I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. With these eggs and Paul Hollywood. Oh, Paul Hollywood. <laughs> there was there was a period where we were like looking at houses and we were narrowing them down to which ones looked the most haunted. Like that was literally a criteria for us. Like we want it to look like someone has died in it already. <laughs> How old is this wood? <laughs> so is this chalk outline original or what's underneath <laughs> it? We had this brought in from LA. They've got so many chocolate body outlines <laughs> over there. I think it's a chocolate body and I was like, chocolate? Okay, chocolate mm. body. Nice gift. <laughs> I, I feel like in Los Angeles it'd be impossible to buy a house that someone has not died in unless it was brand new and no one can afford that so we just be haunted out here yeah in these streets <laughs> we just accept it in these streets you live in the streets because all your properties are haunted yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't keep running away from us burning them down eventually you got to stay in one that's my move and I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it like it drives me insane that they stay as long as they do in this house. Like, I, they have insurance. Burn that shit to the ground. It should be toothpicks I, behind me, and I will just file for whatever insurance fraud 
I'll go to jail for three years to get out of that house. Ghost did it. Yeah, but it's lakefront <laughs> property. Well, here's what I think. I feel like this movie has something that our sh- our movies on Romancing the Pod have more than anything, which is just a failure to communicate. Because I feel like everyone's experiencing these really creepy things and nobody's just turning to the other person and being like, hey, yo, I think I'm getting messages from this clock. Like, if one person had been like, I think I'm hearing things in the vents, they'd be like, we should all go. Yeah. I think we yeah. should Everything, leave. He, they're, well, I, I don't want to spoil too much but like before we get to it. But yeah, like people are seeing crazy stuff that should not just be brushed under yeah, the rug. Yeah, could be solved by like, yo, you see a ghost this morning? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you guys missed the scene where the mom was like, do you want to live in an apartment or not? Yeah. <laughs> so shut up. There is there is a point in this movie, and, and I'll point it out when we get to it, where the movie's trying to make us think like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is changing. But I also was like, yeah, you ungrateful brats. I bought you a house. And so like with your dad's insurance money. (laughs) I I had to flash my six pack at the realtor for a discount. (laughs) That's how I feel with my animals. Because we had seven animals in an apartment, and now, like, I'm like, really? You're going to pee on the floor? Really? I'm going to send you back to that six <laughs> square foot apartment. You all this. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the other things I love that the realtor does is she says, it has a uh, vibrant history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a real, real weird way of saying a bunch of people were murdered here. Now, once they, like, agree to buy it, then he's like, what's the catch? There's always a catch. Which you should ask before. Which seems like something you should ask before. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. John, thank you. (laughs) Yes. And she basically is just like, okay, uh, there was a huge old murder in the house, which (laughs) it's only a year from when it happened. So I'm like, do you not see it on the news? Like, did you not see yeah, that yeah. this is the murder house? How far like, did they move? Yeah, they're from like, out of town. No, they're not from that far out of town. That shit would have been national <laughs> news in the 70s. It would have been national news in the 70s. Now, here's the other thing, too. They're lucky that Ronnie DeFeo called it in because murder investigations in the 70s moved so slow that they would have, like, if they didn't have Ronnie DeFeo, that house would have still been a crime scene a year from then. So, like, (laughs) they'd still be walking through, like, so these chalk outlines, do they come with the house? Like, that's what it would have been. It's like, can we keep all this police tape? Oh, my God, bonuses. That would be if John and Ken were (laughs) buying it, yeah. He probably sold the house to pay for his defense. Probably, but if it's still an active investigation, you can't sell that house. I don't know. Can you can you sell a house that you murdered? Like, if my parents, you know, had a mansion or whatever this is called, and I murdered them and I inherited <laughs> it, am I allowed to then profit off of me killing my parents asking for a friend? <laughs> no, I actually, I have an answer for you. You can't profit off your own crime. I didn't think so. They're a lo- son of Sam law, right? Yeah, it is the same law. Now, what you can do, and Mikey is probably right, once it's no longer a crime scene, once it's been documented and cleared, he could, they might liquidate his assets to pay for his defense, is what would probably happen. Um, So that is probably why the house would have been sold, but then it would have been under probate. Which it could have been. That's why it's such a deal. Yeah. This is such a side street for us. Yeah, this is a (laughs) Welcome to Murderer's Real Estate. <laughs> yeah, probate corner. House yeah. headhunters. Holy shit, if there is not a murder real estate podcast. There is, there's a murder real estate show. 
Really? Show oh, where, all right, well. where you can buy houses that have murders in it. Now, um, <laughs> you hear that, John and Kim? Show, John. I, should. <laughs> I, I saw Kim like, oh. Oh, <laughs> I was like, whoa! Maybe we can shave a little off our closing costs if we get on that show. <laughs> My budget is four dollars. I would like a ghost. <laughs> let, let me temper your expectations by saying that it was a show on Quibi, so oh, it, yeah. no, oh, it no. no longer exists. And it was only <laughs> six minutes long. I wish I had have subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say, so it's really common in Los Angeles for people to liquidate murder houses for their defense and they end up in probate which means you can buy them at police auctions Ooh. so like <gasps> you can yes yeah, so you can like show up at a police auction and they're just like so we've got this car with spinning rims this person's grill that they had to liquidate for their defense in their drug case and then we have this house that has a giant blood stain in the kitchen. <laughs> it's like a big box store of auctioning because like you could buy a house, you could get a, an old police dog to go into the house, you could get a new car and a grill for the backyard by the you sound could. of it. You could um, buy, I mean, luck of the draw, that is how museums got artifacts from the Heaven's Gates house. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Is that they were packaged, I mean, everything inside it was packaged into pallets and they just sold the pallets of like whatever's in this pallet, kind of like storage wars. Oh, and so that's how a few museums got like full furniture sets and outfits and everything from the Heaven's Gate house. Wow, storage wars for murders sounds really interesting. <laughs> well, you just tack four murderers to the end of any HGTV show, and, and I'm, I'm s- yeah. like, I'm so sold. Storage wars for murder. <laughs> yeah. They they edit the bodies they find on Storage Wars out of Storage Wars, but that's happened a couple Whoa. of times. What? What? Do they get to keep the body? No! <laughs> what? It's theirs legally, no, it's, right? It's now a crime scene. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, and you can't profit off a crime scene. Like, that's what I just oh learned. Oh, no, I think I see a motorcycle in the back. <laughs> <laughs> is that an Eames lounger that the body is sitting on? Like, can we? Come on. We can fumigate that. Did you get that human skull on the hood of your car? Oh, st- <laughs> I bought a storage locker. <laughs> Do you want these half a dogs or split dogs or whatever we call them for yeah. Return of the Living Dead? Anyway, back to this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> they find out there was like a big old murder at the house. And uh, Ryan Reynolds' response is to basically say, houses don't kill people. People kill people. And I'm like, you're thinking of guns, but okay. Yeah, he pretty much <laughs> refers to it like the NRA would refer to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the HRA, the house... Rifle, Rifle Association. Association. <laughs> uh, they'd still file bankruptcy in 2021. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> they decide to buy the house. So we cut to day one. Yeah. They drive up to the house and we see it in flashes of like Super 8 film movies, which is kind of fun. But they never bring that back until the very end. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we cut to them sleeping in the house the first night. And the older kid's like, I don't want to pray. Nobody listens because nobody stopped my dad from dying. And we're like, oh, wow. Are we getting into this five minutes into the movie? Okay. And the ghost of his dad's behind him. He's like, I know, son. I'll get them. <laughs> you prayed. And I'm here to conquer 666 pack. <laughs> what if this all happened because that kid played one of those kiss records? Backwards, backward, right? <laughs> it's awesome. me, your dead dad. <laughs> I just had to do a bunch of research on that for my other show, and it does not work. No, <laughs> but it's fascinating all. It's super fascinating, but I think you would just be like, man, this sounds better forward. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
his mom is basically like, hey, some things will happen that can't be explained, and he's never going to replace your dad, but, like, he wants to get close to you. And we hear, we see him, like, overhearing it, and it almost seems like he's taking offense to it. But I was like, dude, you have to know that you're never going to replace somebody's dad. Like, that's such a, like, how dare they? And I'm like, I mean, come on. Uh, except, like, his mom's like, look at him. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad was nothing compared to this. <laughs> She's cutting out pictures of Ryan Reynolds' abs and putting them over. Yeah. Oh, dad. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Your dad was the Pillsbury Doughboy. This is garlic bread right up in here. <laughs> I don't know why why shredded translates to garlic bread for you. <laughs> Mama's in cheat day. The shredded mozzarella <laughs> cheese melted on it. <laughs> it is it is wild that when Ryan Reynolds bursts into a room, the first in, in this movie especially, the first thing you you look at is not his face. No, <laughs> no, not like, at all. This is the best shape he's ever been in. I think he's in insane shape in this movie. Yeah, it is wild. I very much enjoy it because he went method. Yeah, we know he, went he did. Tom. Dog for twelve months. <laughs> I didn't see. How, I don't understand how those pajama bottoms stayed up. I don't either. I'm thinking tape right? of some sort. <laughs> we talked about his pajama bottoms when we were watching it for like a really long time. We were like, does he wear these the whole movie? Yeah, like cutting logs in those pajamas. I mean, especially once they're like wet too. Where they'd, yeah. like, take on some weight to them. And I'm just like, how are they staying up? Oh, Paige, they had some weight in them before. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Todd, Todd has expressed uh, a deep affection for both oh, Ryan man. Reynolds and my husband. So this is not new territory. <laughs> Paige and I have a type. And it is her husband. And it's Paige's it's, husband. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's Lumberjock is what it is. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> Listen, if Jake needed me to put my hands on his wood while he split it, I'd be game. <laughs> Todd, I don't think we could do this podcast anymore. <laughs> uh, that's my job. Um... <laughs> that was just the grossest joke I can think that incorporates both your husband and this movie, so you're welcome. I feel like you could do better. <laughs> You're going to give me notes? Should I be concerned? <laughs> no. But listen, I hate Ryan Reynolds so much because he is both very attractive and very funny. And those are two things that I wish I could have been. Yeah, it sucks to get neither. I know, right? Like, I <laughs> asked for two things. This is how I know God doesn't answer <laughs> prayers. Because like that kid who didn't want his dad to die, I wanted two things and I got neither of them, right? But he can also he can also do a great job in a horror movie, which is another infuriating thing that he has in his wheelhouse that I simply do not. Can, wait, can you imagine when that kid's like 16, he's trying to like get in shape, and then like Ryan Reynolds is in there trying to work out with him, he's like, fuck you, stepdad. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry you didn't get my jeans, son. <laughs> And you'll never fit into my jeans either. <laughs> uh, Gary, you never wear jeans. You just wear pajama pants. <laughs> he only uh, wears pajama bottoms. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Kim is on board for pajama bottoms. Same. I think it's a power move. I think he's wearing he's wearing sweatpants, no underpants. Yeah. And he's walking around the house just letting everybody know that he's in fucking charge. <laughs> and circumcised. Are we going to move on? <laughs> Do you, are you sure you want to, Todd? I feel like this is this is why you're here today. Uh, 
For a straight guy, I really do talk about how much I love Ryan Reynolds a lot. Yeah, you do. Uh, so <laughs> she comes back to the bedroom. He's already there. And his first question is, how's Billy? Which is the one who, like, didn't like him. Yeah. But it's almost like he's like, did you get it through to him that he has to like me? Has he seen me in boxers? What is he thinking? Um, and the phone rings, and it's her mother-in-law, who seems to not like him either. I loved that. I thought it was very funny because she does sort of like, let me talk to my daughter. And he goes, she has to stop fawning all over me. <laughs> it's getting embarrassing. So she hands the phone over, and he motions to her saying it's cold. He's going to go and turn on the heat. It is an older boiler, so he goes down to the basement to do yeah. it. Although, can I say this about the mom real quick? The mom should love Ryan Reynolds, because as a kid whose mom had four kids in the 80s, a little bit later than this, like finding a guy who was on board to raise four kids that weren't his... Four. Could not yeah. have been easy for my mom to find someone who was willing for that. And there was a guy who stepped up and was like on board for that. And I have so much appreciation for that. So like, I mean, she should be more appreciative of Ryan Reynolds. How were his abs though? Honestly, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. They were all right. It's the difference between a dad bod and a rad bod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying my type comes from somewhere and my dad was a chubby dad. Mm. Those are the genes that I got. Wait, yeah, am I am I the oldest kid in this movie? Shit, am I? I think so. I was just trying yeah. to think of where my lumberjock type came from, and I'm pretty sure it's from my dad showing me things like Predator as a child. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. So you're looking for the Predator then? Yeah. yeah. Nothing says lumberjack like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> the American man. Mikey, you know. You know right now if he grew a beard, it's over. <laughs> Rainforest, huh? <laughs> it's a forest. So. Oh. <laughs> Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So he hears what sounds like static coming from the clock radio, but it's not plugged in. And then he th he's thinking he's hearing like whispers coming through the vents. Uh, but he just ignores it. He feeds the boiler, closes it, and the whispers continue. He wakes up back in bed, ostensibly a couple hours later, and Kathy, his wife, undresses, climbs on top of him. They start having sex. Oh, this is dick o'clock for sure. It's 3.15. Yeah. It yeah. is dick o'clock. That's what we called it when we did yep. our first Amityville Horror uh, episode. And this, <laughs> oh, this would scar me for a very long time if I was having yeah. sex with my wife and I saw a dead, decaying child behind her. Um, He doesn't yeah. scream nearly enough. No, I, I no. would, like... <laughs> I'd be breaking dicks off trying to run away from that <laughs> shit. <laughs> that kid is hanging, and he was like, I'm into it. <laughs> no. no. He just no, says, like, oh, I don't really feel that well. I'm like, you don't feel that well. I'm like, you just saw a child hanging. Like, run. <laughs> there have been times where I've gone, uh, and then I don't feel that well. <laughs> I do like that they kept the sex scene mirror from the beginning, uh, from the original film, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. That that '70s like mirrored tile. I really oh, appreciate it. And you see the ghost in the reflection of that tile first. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a very deliberate choice. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing: nobody puts mirrors in bedrooms anymore, and they really should. Um, Paige, that is not true in my house. 
<laughs> We're not all Ryan Reynolds over here. You know what? You don't have to be. Mirrors are still fun. Thank you. I have okay. a lot of mirrors in my bedroom, but they're funhouse mirrors. Oh, no. <laughs> You're like, oh, nice. I'm looking good. Not like, we... look how big it is. It's all the way around the room. <laughs> oh, God. I don't remember that bend in it, though. Now I'm over here. Which one of these real? <laughs> I, our, our honeymoon, the hotel we stayed at, had a mirror above the bed. Oh, go on. Well, yeah. it was clearly just there to replace a light fixture that they didn't want to replace. So it, was, it was only like... <laughs> Like the size of like a dinner plate, but the way that it was angled. <laughs> That's even weirder. It's even weirder. The, old, the way that it was angled, you could see like a foot in it. And that was like it. And then the rest of the room was designed like a rock cave. So, you know. If you're into spelunking and feet, have I got a resort for you? <laughs> Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo, California. They're not going to give you another discount page. We don't have to plug it. <laughs> yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. we cut to the next day. The kids are running around outside. He gets up and he's not doing well. He's physically ill. He's like coughing. And this is kind of the first we start to see of it. And we cut to Kathy kind of walking through the house and she sees... Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, Chelsea is her name in the movie, and she's talking to herself, seemingly. So she goes in to talk to her, and she's drawn like a man in a top hat yeah. on an Etch-A-Sketch. And we kind of cut away from Kathy to reveal that the little ghost girl from the night before is in the room. Just chilling and hanging out with Chelsea. I wonder who is the guy in the top hat. Did we ever see a guy in the top hat? That's Ketchum. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. I thought for a second it might have been Ronnie the Fabulous. <laughs> no, they did not. I, I will say Conjuring Two had a hotter Ronnie DeFeo. If you're counting, guys. If you're, <laughs> if counting, you're counting on the hotter Ronnie <laughs> DeFeo. If you're like who portrayed Ronnie DeFeo, noted murderer. In a more attractive way, Conjuring 2. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's Ketchum, which we kind of throw in at the end, which is real strange. They sure so do. Late. Yeah. They were like, this movie doesn't have enough scares. Let's add, I don't know. And they just like salt bade this other story on top of it. <laughs> I love that in horror movies, especially haunted house movies, that the youngest child, a baby who would be scared of literally anything, is always fine with the like, ghostly apparition of a decaying corpse yeah <laughs> so chill about it too like oh you can be my real friend for now <laughs> yeah you're my friend why is your skin peeling like it's just <laughs> well, did you guys not have imaginary friends not a dead one no i'm not at all surprised that you did <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess that was my thing they were friends until that friend just disappeared one day like a ghost. That's where Mikey learned to ghost yeah. people. I ghosted my imaginary friend. <laughs> I closed the closet one day and I never opened it again. <laughs> Been wearing the same pants for years. Um, so she tells her mom that she has a, a an imaginary friend named Jody, and her mom is like, "Okay, well, but be sure to make friends with real people. I'm not worried about this yet." <laughs> All right, parent yourself. Yeah. <laughs> While the boys are outside, they find a big metal thing from the basement, which will come back way later in the movie. For... And only for like a split second. And it's not yeah. even like, there's oh, not yeah. even a line of dialogue. It's just like a picture. Yep. 
It's like, hey, remember this thing? It's bad. Like, yeah, we know that. It looks bad. Um, Ryan Reynolds comes up to them and is like, don't go down there. That's my office. And you're just like, where's this coming from? He's incredibly furious that they've been down there. And it's it's such a head turner. Mm-hmm. They never do a great job of building up George Lutz. <laughs> you're like, isn't this day two? What is Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's three other movies that exist before this one where he just like progressively became a shithead. Yeah. Because he seems like before they get to the house, he seems like a great stepdad. That he yeah. just like is trying his best with these kids and everything. And then they get to the house and within a day, he's just like, these are my things. I like to bound and be bound. And you're just like, whoa, what? That escalated quickly. Why is Danny DeVito? here <laughs> why is the basement a red room of pain what's happening let me get my sex jeans on i'm sorry we are like 90 different tangents and i love you so much babe <laughs> what is going on we went just if you were following we went from sunny in philadelphia to 50 shades of gray mikey that's where we went there you go. Dude, you're referencing our own podcast but not this podcast another <laughs> podcast that we do we have guests people we have guests <laughs> having fun yeah <laughs> thank you kim kathy arrives back at the house with groceries saying that she found a babysitter at the grocery store and she almost has this like extra mom sense where she's just like where's chelsea and they find her in the boathouse with a red balloon which means they should be watching out for pennywise but no one addresses it i know i thought that too i was like <laughs> she's in a place that she's gonna end up floating with a red balloon how is this not a Pennywise, like, alarm bell? Yeah, the, I mean, the fact that they run down to the Bose house and they're just not like, we'll float too! Like, <laughs> the fact that that doesn't come into it is strange. Can we talk about how weird the boathouse is? Yes. And how, like, you have the most iconic house in horror, and instead yeah. of, like, showing the window eyes, you're just like, but the boathouse is creepy, right? Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of the creepiness happens at the boathouse, and she says that, like, the reason she's down there is because Jody wanted to see the boat, which is weird. Like, does Jody want out? Or the DeFeos <laughs> didn't have any boats, you know? Well, we don't know that they didn't because they had a boathouse, so I have to assume that they probably had a boat. Yeah, Mikey, you idiot! You don't just have a boathouse <laughs> and no boat. <laughs> I mean, you know, they do say that the happiest, like the two happiest days in a boat owner's life, are the day that they get the boat and the day that they then get rid of the boat. <laughs> One of my best friends in San Diego has a boat, and I feel like he is just getting to the point where he's like, "All right, this was fun. This was yeah. fun. Yeah, if you don't have, if you don't need it to get rid of bodies late at night, there's just no point. Well, that's. I mean, he might. I don't know. I don't know what his needs are for said boat, but I feel like Jody's just trying to get people into the boat and out onto the lake so they can't get away from her. You know, because of yeah. the implication. So <laughs> the implication. But they pull Chelsea out of the boathouse, and Kathy is like someone should have been watching you basically implying like you weren't watching her and this is why this happened yeah this is ryan's fault yeah sweet sweet ryan todd's sweetheart ryan <laughs> they lock the oh. boathouse and they come back to the house we cut to that night where the house is kind of creaking and rumbling and settling and so the middle kid goes to the bathroom goes pee he tries to turn on the water to wash his hands it won't turn on. And as he turns, there's like an evil demon lady next to him, and it's a blood faucet. Yeah. Th this got me really good. Oh, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I had to uh, I had to take Natalie somewhere today, and then I went to go get lunch while she was with, she's a personal trainer. She was with a client. And I was eating lunch, watching it on my phone, 
and I at Blue Coast Burrito with headphones and was like, ah, and dropped my phone. <laughs> and thank God it was like super early. So it was, I was like the only one in there. But everyone on staff was like, uh, are you all right? Did you just receive bad news? <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, sort of. Yeah, I had to watch this very, very scary movie. I think this was the worst jump scare for me. I mean, there were a lot of scares that got me. I think this is the one I reacted to the most. Yeah, I haven't washed my hands since this. <laughs> <laughs> since 2005, since your college years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so... The other thing that happens is all the windows open, all the chairs get rearranged, Ryan Reynolds bursts out of bed, the outlets are bleeding, yeah. and he has almost kind of like a waking nightmare of himself as Ronnie DeFeo shooting his own family. Oof. Yeah. And then, and still insists that he does not need to see a psychiatrist. Right. <laughs> well, right. it was the 70s. Like, it, they didn't believe in mental health like we, like we look at it now. Like, Do you think these abs need therapy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what therapy I have? I push plate. That's what therapy I have. <laughs> push plate. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, like, that's got to be why, like, most dads in 70s horror movies chop wood. It's just like, oh, I hate my family, want to kill them. Where do I put this energy? But that chopping <laughs> wood goes all the way back to Puritan times in the movie The Witch. Because yeah. the yeah. dad in The Witch does it, too. I was like, oh, there's a long right? history of chopping woods to feel your feelings. Chopping wood as the way the men feel emotions. I don't even think there was a fireplace in this house. No, th there's <laughs> the boiler, though. And, and that's kind of, like, the important part is, like, He's chopping tons of wood to keep filling that boiler because he's always cold in the house. Yeah. Except for when he's outside in his pajama pants. Yeah. yeah. He needs to yeah. layer up. He'd be fine. Maybe if he put a shirt on, he would be fine. No, no, no. Hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. He's fine. He's fine the way he is. No, Paige. He's fine. Fine. Uh, don't tell him to put a shirt on. He needs the bulk. He's not cut. I mean, if he ate some food, he'd be fine. Yeah, that's what it is. Sure, sure, sure. I think he should take all of his nutrition advice from you, Mikey. Oh, <laughs> wow. I do, I do, though, I love that the ghosts are like, hey, just kill your kids and we'll totally warm the house up for you. Like, that's, yeah. like, that's, like, that's low key what the message is, right? Like, it's just like, give us your kids and we'll warm the house. Well, he's like, they're not really my kids, so fine. <laughs> yeah, right? Done deal. <laughs> Um, but he gets up, he looks out the window, he sees the red balloon floating from the boathouse. He runs down there. There's bubbles floating to the surface. So he dives in thinking he's going to find Chelsea's body. But yeah. There's nothing there. And when he comes out, the dog is barking and he sees the little girl, Jody, in the window with Chelsea. And he runs upstairs. Chelsea's asleep. He checks the closet. And what we don't, or what he doesn't see, but we see, is that the little girl ghost is held to the ceiling struggling, which was yeah. very effective. Yeah, oh. this is such a weird, super interesting detail that I think completely changes like the whole Amityville story. Yeah, it's the only sprinkling we really get until the very end of the story that predates the DeFeos. And I almost think the movie needed more of it. Where like, if we're going to go yeah. with yeah. this extra narrative of like, Ronnie DeFeo was haunted. Here's where the voices came from. It's this whole extra other thing. Like the Ketchum storyline. Yeah. 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 Well, and to be honest, I almost wish that we had like a non-Amityville horror movie and Ketchum is the villain. Like that's what's fueling it. Oh, 
an Amityville mm. prequel that happens in like 1840 or whenever the Catchem storyline happens. Ooh. Oh, you mean like the Conjuring? This whole this whole thing yes. happened in the Conjuring. <laughs> well, no, or just like any any haunted house that's not the Amityville case, but like an old house where we're dealing with like colonial era ghosts. Uh, the yes. house in the was it the haunting in Connecticut? That's pretty much this, isn't it? I, I was thinking of like people who tour the Marie Laveau house. Oh, yeah. But I, I was kind of like, this is such an interesting story that we get like five minutes of in this movie. And yeah, because yeah. like- until you get that added information, for the most part, the film feels like it's like overly haunted. And like for an Amityville horror movie, that's a bit more about possession and less about ghosts. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's a lot of ghosts in this movie. And I don't yeah. know if I'm vibing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jody too, like she, she seems like, she is held prisoner there. But she's and, also yeah. kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, she I, she I don't... gave her a red balloon. What else do you want? <laughs> like she's kind of a dick. I don't know what her motivation is as a ghost. I feel yeah. like that's unclear. I also feel like I would love to get an Amityville movie that's not the Lutzes, that is the DeFeos. I think that oh, would yeah. be more interesting. Oh, wait. Isn't... There I, are like a thousand. Yeah, of them, I was gonna so. say there's like 32 Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Surely there's one. Surely there's probably one. it's probably out there. Um, and I think the Conjuring kind of tries to do that, but only for like five minutes in Conjuring Two. And I'm like, if you want to do this Ketchum storyline, that's the place to do it. Like that's the one to watch. But I haven't seen all of the Amityville movies, so one of them has to have done it. I'm sure. I don't know. They go real weird. Oh, yeah. They start introducing haunted clocks, right? You know, right. <laughs> the whole franchise is at the window. Hey, those point. clocks are just telling you when it's dick o'clock. Yeah. It knows that 666 pack is in the house and it's time to get down. <laughs> down to pound town. So <laughs> we cut back to the basement where Ryan Reynolds finds the dog digging in the basement. Yeah. And he just kind of sits and stares at where the dog was digging And Kathy comes downstairs and is like, hey, you're like sitting up all night in the basement and that's troubling. And he says it's the only place that's warm because somebody keeps opening all the windows and I can't sleep because the dog keeps waking me up and it's Billy's dog. And he was in the boathouse and I found the keys in Billy's room. And then he also kind of snaps at her and is like, don't talk to me like I'm one of your kids, which I don't feel like she did at all. I think this is just his mania which like hey loss of sleep will do a lot of shit but like this is clearly also the house kind of influencing him oh yeah so we cut to day 15 where billy is not fessing up to the keys because i don't think he did it i think it was the ghosts yeah he fully did not yeah but he might have because he is kind of acting out yeah his dad was like take the keys <laughs> you want a good abs to wear your shirt off? I'm going to open all the windows. <laughs> Lock him in the boathouse so I can have another shot of your mom. Uh, just <laughs> Oh, I feel a ghost. It's like all feels flabby and weird. It feels like your father. No. <laughs> this ghost is heavy. <laughs> so... Uh, because Billy won't fess up, he makes him unload logs for them to split. And then we cut inside to the kitchen where we see the fridge magnets spelled out, catch him and kill him. Yeah. And we see like Pokemon. A... No, that's <laughs> not. Right. No, that's, he wasn't going to collect them all. Now that I've caught you, Pikachu, it's time for me to torture and murder you. That's uh... the one joke I wrote for this evening. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> oh, John, I love the golf clap. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is also where we get like a little skitter shadow 
in the the back of like the mirrors. Yeah. Um, she goes down to the basement looking for George and can't find him. She comes back. He's at the fridge and the magnets are now rearranged at random. Yeah. And she's like, did you do that thing with the magnets? And he's like, what? And she's like, oh, I guess I'm just seeing things. Yeah. Well, there is another point where he slams the fridge and it knocks the magnets down so that they spell home sweet home, which is really interesting. Oh, I missed that they spelled home sweet home. Yeah. But again, I never learned to read. So that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I, I think the weirdest thing about the magnets is the fact that they have apostrophe magnets. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen punctuation marks for those magnets. For those fridge magnets? They came in that set. Oh, I really? Was, yes. Oh, wow. All right. We just ate them first. <laughs> I've been trying to find that set of magnets for forever because they were everywhere in the 70s and 80s. And like Scott Pilgrim has them. Yeah. They're always on movies and stuff like that. And they're kind of hard to find, but sometimes you can find them on eBay and there were ones with punctuation. So huh. it usually had like a couple apostrophes that could also be commas uh, and then Ooh. a couple periods, but then things that could also be exclamation points or question marks. Now you know. All right. <laughs> we got to get our hands on one. Perfect for hauntings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You should just spell out catch them and kill them on your fridge. There you go. In your haunted house. So that the ghosts get up and they're like, oh no, there's already another ghost here. I'll leave them alone. <laughs> oh shit. Can you kill them and then catch them? Nope. You got to do it the other order. Well, I mean, it's not really hard to catch a dead body, Mikey. <laughs> there's no sport. Like, like, it's not running anywhere. It's just staying still. You can't just be like, I caught it. And people were like, it was waiting for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, if it's running and then, you, like, you hit it or, like, you shoot it. That's technically catching them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm confused by what you're confused by, Mikey. You catch them in your crosshairs, I guess. First, yeah, yeah. I just want some leeway, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're not my real dad. Don't tell me how to catch and or kill. <laughs> <laughs> we're a catch and release family son <laughs> that's the movie we could do on romancing the pod <laughs> you mean um, to tell me that wasn't a joke you wrote down for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah john that's the problem the oh, reason man. he can't catch and release them is because they would be released and then immediately like go to the authorities and be like someone's been torturing me yeah. look at my wounds <laughs> It's a, that's a problem I've heard on a lot of true crime podcasts. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now they can return to the wild and mate, and then we, your children can come back and catch them. What? <laughs> catch their Share children. your trauma. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm done with whatever I'm doing. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I'm not we done. Have permission, we can move on. <laughs> I'm not done being confused by it, but sure. Um, we cut to, they're in the living room, and he's dressed up. She walks in in a dress. They're waiting on the babysitter. And their oldest son, Billy, is like, I don't need a babysitter. You're not my real dad. And I love this so much because I feel like it is realistic for, like, a 12, 13-year-old kid. Yeah. Or boy. Really, it's just a boy. Because he's like, I don't need a babysitter. That's bullshit. I can take care of my own self or whatever. And then this, I'll say, attractive, you know, young-ish babysitter walks in. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'll be, I'll, I'll be sat. I'll be babysat. Todd, did you have a hot babysitter growing up? No, but Mikey, I knew that you would have a story about this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a story about being molested as a child? Because that's what almost happens to this oh, 12-year-old. Oh, yeah. We, we quickly do find out she's the world's worst babysitter. Like, she, she's I mean, terrible. She's so inappropriate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's definitely there to scout out a future, like, break and enter and have sex with my satanic cult boyfriend. Hear me <laughs> out. She was going to molest that little boy, and the ghost of the father got her. 
Oh, okay. Well, Just checking out, actually. Okay. For those of you listening who may not have seen the movie, she looks like an extra from Boogie Nights. So if I had, if, if I had kids and I had a babysitter come over and she was dressed like that, I'd be like, oh, no. So, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Did you bring your babysitter clothes? Yeah. Well, they answered the door and I expected her to be like, did someone order a pizza with extra sausage? Like, that's, I was like, is this a porno? But then, so the thing that would have done it for me is she, they were like, do you want to tour the house? And she's like, no, no, no. I used to babysit for the DeFeos. I'd be like, get out, Manson girl. Bye. Right? Yeah. Well, even just the fact that she does not make eye contact with anybody. She's just like looking past them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is the place. And she's like, it's freaky to be back. Here, I'm like, oh no, you are. I feel like you want to have sex with Ronnie DeFeo, and he's not here, so it's time for you to leave, maybe. And brought a whole bong with her to babysit that night. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's the other thing. That's not the best way to transport and/or use marijuana, from what I understand. (laughs) You wouldn't know, but it's not. I wouldn't, but I can imagine it would be like annoying to have a loose bong in your purse. Yeah. Well, and she has like a a low key duffel bag. Which part of me would be like, what's in the bag? I hope it's more appropriate (laughs) clothes for my children to see you in. (laughs) It better be full of sweatshirts. (laughs) She has to have seen Ryan Reynolds in town and been like, Oh, I'll babysit. And I'll show him what's up. Damn right, I'll babysit. Yeah. Can you drive me home? Exactly, after I babysit. After I torture your children? <laughs> <laughs> we should probably also mention that dope mustard jacket that Ronald Reynolds is wearing. Oh, it's going out phenomenal. Yeah. It's like a camel colored leather. Yes. Like a like a caramely. It's great. It's it's the most 70s jacket I've ever seen. I'm here for it. Yeah. I've got to get he, one. He goes full 70s dad, too, and he wears a turtleneck underneath. <laughs> That's all you can wear. It looks great, though. I'm here for it. He does look like a porn producer from Boogie Nights who has hired that babysitter. That, I mean, when they're standing next to each other, I was like, did I accidentally click on Boogie Nights for a second? Yeah. <laughs> What grocery store was she going to? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's just full of cucumbers. (laughs) I get it. Why are they pickled? What? Don't think about it. Nope, don't. (laughs) Anyway, so they go out to dinner. Meanwhile, back at the house, the babysitter's full on doing drugs in their house. Yeah. Has just like locked herself away from the children she's supposed to be watching and is lighting it up. Yeah, you know, like a good babysitter would. Yeah. So uh, Billy, their oldest, knocks on the door and shows up with popcorn, and she's just like, yeah, fuck yeah, popcorn. And we cut back to dinner <laughs> for a second, and it seems like dinner's going really well, which is our first indication that every time Ryan Reynolds leaves the house, he gets better. It's yeah. like he takes out his ghost contacts. Yes. Yeah, he is significantly <laughs> less bloodshot every time he leaves the house. Yeah. yeah. There's like a circumference around the house where he's sane again. Yeah, well, and I mean, because when he's in the house, he looks like he's been smoking with that babysitter. Like, that's oh, yeah. how red his eyes are <laughs> oh, the yeah. whole time. He's probably allergic to some mold or something in there. Yeah, maybe. Murder asbestos. Bloodborne pathogen, because there was a lot of blood at that house. (laughs) Anyway, we cut back to the house, and the babysitter's talking about his kiss poster. She's talking about Gene Simmons and his tongue. And she turns to this 12-year-old. We've established she's 12 in the story. (laughs) Yeah. And just says, do you French? And I was just like, she is a child molester. 
Get her away from the children. And this is where she kind of is like, did your family know the DeFeos? And then she tells them the murder story. And she implies that they're sleeping in the same beds. But the house was empty when they toured it. So clearly they're not the same beds. It's just the same room. Um, This is where we find out that Chelsea, uh, Chloe Moretz, lives in Jody's room. Yeah. So that's kind of why she's been seeing Jody. And they dare the babysitter to go into the closet and the whole time, Chelsea's like, you're going to make her mad. The door slams, trapping the sitter inside. And Chelsea sits there with an Etch-A-Sketch. And the Etch-A-Sketch reads out, I hate her. Which took like 17 hours to make on an Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Told you Jody was a dick. <laughs> At first, the ghost tried to do it on Rubik's Cube, and it got like real fucked up. So, How would you read a Rubik's Cube? Yeah, right? what are you he would talking do about? a different letter on each side of the cube. It didn't work, Paige. Ghost logic. That's why it yeah, didn't work. It. I'm abandoning this joke like their first father abandoned them. <laughs> to the afterlife? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what hey, happened, actually, Paige. no, we never got that backstory. Yeah. yeah. He, he I mean, I do know what happened. He fell through a portal to the 1500s where he's fighting the deadites in the war against the Necronomicon. I thought he caught his wife cheating with the contractor who has nine abs. <laughs> like he did this in odd numbers. <laughs> like just two one the bottom rows, middle. one middle extra one at the bottom. I got those Adam and Eve abs. <laughs> that was a biblical joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Chelsea, though, Chloe Grace Moretz, basically just shrugs her shoulders and she's like, all right, well, nice knowing you, pedophile babysitter. Yeah. Like, she's like, goodbye. She Ivan Drago's this babysitter immediately. Where she's <laughs> like, if she dies, she dies. I don't care. Um, so Jody appears in the closet. She grabs the babysitter's finger and pushes it into oh, the bullet hole. This is yeah. so, it so got me. Oh. <laughs> Uh, catch him and kill him appears on the wall and the babysitter basically tries to fight her way out of the closet uh, and we cut to an ambulance shows up and that babysitter is fucking catatonic like Like cuckoo bananas muttering yes this is gonna sound a lot grosser than it is so stick with me for the end of the sentence but if I had to finger a little girl's gunshot wound Uh I would lose my mind I understand (laughs) why she was like catatonic Funny. That's why I said wait till the end of the sentence, Paige. It's not oh any better. God. It's still bad. It's still bad. I love that scare. It's so weird oh. and gross. Yes. And perfect. The look on Jody's face when she puts her finger into I her know. head. Because so Jody's awesome. a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know for a fact the cops showed up. They found the bong in the weed and they're like, ah, another one lost to reefer meth. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No one is no one's gonna believe a word she said. Can you no. check and see if she was listening to Judas Priest also? Cause I feel like <laughs> right. we've got one on our hands. <laughs> yeah, well, no, they they see the Alice Cooper posters, the kiss denim jacket, and they're just like, We gotta put this kid on a watch list. Yep. <laughs> Immediately. Thank your lucky stars he wasn't also playing Dungeons and Dragons. This could have been real deadly. Well, in fairness, <laughs> she does need to be on a list. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because she molests the well, children she, she babysits? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, she should have to go door to door when she gets out of the hospital and be like, in accordance with Megan's law or whatever law it is, I have to inform you that I'm on a list. Yeah. I've touched a little girl's gunshot wound. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she, I hate it. I hate it. She tries to tell the Lutzes what she saw, but she can only get like a little bit out. She can't fully articulate what's going on. Mm. 
And so they accuse the kids of pulling a prank. <laughs> Which, honestly, awesome prank. But it's not. But that yeah. would be great. <laughs> uh, but Ryan Reynolds, he turns it up to 11 immediately. Yeah. To the point where Kathy, his wife, is just like, yeah, you're not under control. You should take a break so we can have a more constructive conversation. And he's basically like, from now on, I'm doing the discipline around here. And then the mom was like, okay. put them out to work Um, (laughs) but this is again where he says there's no bad houses just bad people yeah which if I mean we know that's kind of not true well in this house (laughs) yeah hurt houses hurt people (laughs) I want a crochet of that (laughs) hurt houses hurt people but with the Amityville like house on it like yes yes Somebody make this t-shirt. We should make this t-shirt. One of them is winking. (laughs) (laughs) On the back it just says, catch him and kill him. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take four. But then the kid is basically like, why didn't you tell us about the people who died here? Yeah. And this is where for a hot second I was like, okay, yeah, he's clearly possessed by the house and evil. But also, he worked so hard to get them a house, and they're ungrateful little shits about it. <laughs> it's his dad's insurance money. Yeah, I mean, come on. Is it? Like, you keep saying that. Did they establish no, that they, they don't. They, no, they did not. What does he do for a living? He just sits around his pajamas all day. He doesn't do any construction work. <laughs> I mean, you. we all know that if he just kind of posted up shirtless, he'd be fine financially. <laughs> With a hat upside down. Yeah, yeah, just like <laughs> Like, do you play an instrument or anything? And he's like, no. No, I look like this. I do construction work calendars. I play spoons on my abs. Yeah, I play the washboard abs. Yeah, abs. (laughs) I think in the original, he owns his own construction business that's, like, struggling. Like, isn't that what it is? Yeah, which, by the way, is the same business model as Magic Mike. So, oh God! I mean, I I do see the similarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, six of them at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Kim. Hell yeah! Uh, but essentially, everyone goes to bed. He goes to the basement. We cut to Kathy talking to Chelsea, and Chelsea, and and she's asking like, what actually happened? And she's yeah. like, oh yeah, uh, Jody trapped her bullet hole hole nine, and she's like, <laughs> you know. Uh, and she says, Jody won't hurt you. She thinks you're a good mommy, but the man is bad. And we don't have a lot of context for who this man is. I think it's Ketchum later on. Um, but this is kind of our first indication of like there's more than one entity in the house. Yeah. And we've seen multiple ones at this point, though. Like as far as like the ghosts in the house, we've seen a girl. We've seen like right. adults. Yeah. Bathroom grossness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We cut back to Ryan Reynolds chopping wood. Thank you. Uh, um, of course, yep. Yeah. As you do. Yep. Uh, and he's basically making Billy and the younger one just move the wood from place to place. So yeah. manual labor. And he's being a dick about it. Yeah. But we cut to later, he's putting up drywall in the basement. And he thinks that he can hear Billy and Chelsea's voices through the vent talking about how they don't like him and how he's kind of turned into a bad guy. And then he starts to hear the whispers of catch them, kill them, catch them, kill them. Gotta kill them all. Yeah. (laughs) As he's walking through the basement, he has kind of like a, 
I guess like a daydream. We don't really know what time it is, but it's some sort of like hallucination of bloody bodies on slabs that are kind of like overflowing with blood. And it's implied that it's within the walls and confines of this basement and that perhaps at a different time and place, those were there before. So he goes upstairs to the bathroom and pukes because he is unwell. He's not yeah. doing well. He takes off his shirt, gets into the bathtub. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't gloss over that detail. <laughs> uh, well, uh, arms reach out of the bath and he thinks they're trying to drown him. I think they're just copping a feel yeah. because they just kind of reach around. <laughs> yeah, they do. And they you try know. to drag him down into the water. Yeah. And the water also seems to turn to blood until Kathy finds him and pulls him out of the water. And he's not okay, clearly. No. Who would be okay? The people who got to touch his abs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I never thought that I would in my life say this, but like, I want an unrated cut of the Amityville Horror remake. Maybe for more gratuitous abs, but definitely because in that scene, I think the hands are ripping him apart and we only get like a flash uh, the of limps. It. I think that's where the blood's coming from, yeah. 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 I would mm-hmm. love to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, they would just call it the cut cut. The cut the cut. The cut cut, <laughs> yes. I was afraid when you were asking for an unrated cut that you wanted like a couch situation with the babysitter and that seems inappropriate <laughs> oh, for this style oh, oh, oh. of movie. But yeah, I get it. I, I, where you went is yeah. much better. <laughs> so he goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, technically there's nothing wrong with you, so I'm going to refer you to a psychiatrist. And this is where he's like, I'm not crazy. And you're just like, okay, but like. That's like what a crazy person would say though. So like, you know. You gotta love in the 70s. I think you should see a psychiatrist is translated to clean bill of health. Yeah. <laughs> but what we establish in the scene is that he feels good every time he's out of the house. Yeah. So That's a real good point. That's also sort of set up in the restaurant scene too. Yeah, because they're super happy in that restaurant scene. Yeah. His eyes are like less bleary again. Yeah. Everything's cool. Yeah. He hit it with that visine before he left the house. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, because he saw the babysitter. And he was like, ooh, right, visine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, my bad. I mean, she's the one that gave it to him out of that, that satchel purse she had. She's like, do you also want quaaludes? <laughs> <laughs> As I was watching this in my notes, I just wrote, I just want to take a moment to mention that many family annihilators Finances and traditional gender roles are a factor. Yeah. Uh, and then later, <laughs> later, he, she's like, we have to leave. And he's like, but the money. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking knew it. True crime tells us again. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sunk ghost fallacy. Yes. <laughs> I, ha- I have oh, later in my shit. notes, sunk cost fallacy. Just like. <laughs> yeah. So they get home and they find Chelsea's teddy bear outside. And we angle up to reveal that Chelsea is on. On the roof. So Kathy climbs up the roof around the chimney to get to her. Ryan Reynolds tries to get up there but ends up kicking the gutter down. They do get Chelsea down safely and she kind of talks to her mom about how she misses her dad and she Kathy's trying to comfort her and Ryan Reynolds overhears it and just says, what's the matter with you people? And basically moves (laughs) into the basement. I mean, what she is saying is that she was trying to kill herself because she wanted to see her dad. That is sort of nuts. Although I'm, the little girl is probably too young to fully understand what like death is and stuff. Right. Yeah. So like the little girl's not crazy, but Well, yeah, I just I think it's crazy that Ryan Reynolds is like, I bought the house, I chopped the wood, I take my shirt off and you don't appreciate fucking any of it. And you're just like, <laughs> "Well, this is this is what you get when you just marry a body." 
<laughs> he was also a business owner. Yeah, yeah. He owns a small business. How dare you reduce him to just his flesh and bones, Mikey? Rude. Yeah, how dare you reduce him to the only thing we care about? <laughs> I do love this scene, though. He's like, it's ridiculous. After everything I do for you, you take me to the doctor and he just tells me I'm crazy. And then his wife is like, no, he just said your abs were nuts. Calm down. <laughs> I would just like to say I feel very attacked by Mikey saying that we shouldn't marry attractive people. Because you know what? I didn't say that. I said for just attractive people. Jake's got a great personality. He does. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've never hung out with him, but I'd like to hang out with him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so sorry. Does he listen to this podcast? I hope not. I he honestly, does. Oh, oh God, no! Oh no! He knows you're joking. Are you joking, Paige? I need to talk to you about the podcast immediately. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Jake's got uh, two beards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is fantastic news for me. Not for Natalie, though. Nope. <laughs> so at this point, Kathy is worried because she's just like, yeah. I hardly ever get to see those abs. They're always in the basement. And so <laughs> she's like, she's like they're yelling. he's yelling at my kids and treating them really bad, treating us really bad. But he's like, those abs. But he's also wearing a shirt. <laughs> and like, <laughs> is this her making the pros here? cons list, Mikey? She's like in refrigerator magnets <laughs> writing out pros and cons. <laughs> abs is pro, owns shirts is con. Um, <laughs> Pro already caught him. Con gonna kill us all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's perfect. You're right, Mikey. No one is perfect. So Kathy goes to the church and she basically wants to talk to the father about the house because she thinks there's something bad in the house that is affecting their family which is the right thing to do, but I also don't know how she came to that conclusion. <laughs> That's true. That's really true. Like, she's right, but also, how? Because so far she's seen the magnets and then Ryan Reynolds acting like a dick. And I feel like most of the time people would just be like, hey, I get you're stressed or whatever, but can you fucking not? Like, Yeah, can you lock <laughs> it up, please? Yeah, I don't think people would be like, it's definitely a ghost. There's definitely not nearly enough can you fucking not in the Amityville franchise. Right? <laughs> we, we cut back to the house where he's chopping wood again and he's making Billy hold the logs. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Gonna lose a finger and not in a bullet hole. And so, <laughs> and, and he's like berating Billy while he's doing it. Too. It's like. Dude, when he gets right in his face, like forehead to forehead in this scene, I was like, you should not be that close to a kid that's not really yours. He's right up and he's like, we're friends, right? We're he's, fucking friends? He's daring him to say, you're not my real dad again. Oh, yeah. yeah. I once watched my brother, who was my hero for this, and my stepdad, who was not a great stepdad, my first stepdad, not my second stepdad. We were in a family unit, and my stepdad pinned him. I think Brandon was like 13 or 14. He pinned him in the front yard and was like yelling at him in front of my grandparents' house. Wow. And my brother, when Peter stopped yelling at him, just spit in his fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> all of us, like all of us kids who hated Peter were like, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing Fuck that guy But what were his abs like? Yeah, what were his abs like? <laughs> they were alright Yeah, he was pretty fit. 
I like how you you described Ryan Reynolds getting real close to somebody's face and you acted like that would be a scary thing when I'm pretty sure that's what keeps you awake at night, just wanting that to happen to you. Paige, my real feelings about Ryan Reynolds are what keep me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they leans in, it's like 90-10. Oh, you go 90, so they come 10? Yeah, yeah. Pro tip. So we cut to the basement where he's watching videos of their first day at the house and he's losing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can we can we just talk about how crazy that is? It's been like ten days. Yeah, yes. like they, they they only stay in the house for twenty-eight days, yeah. but in that time he has shot them coming in, developed the footage, gotten it back, and he's wistful of that. He's memory. being nostalgic yeah. about two weeks ago. I didn't think about that until you said it. <laughs> Well, the only reason that he would have had it, so it's, he would have shot it on a Super 8, which means that if he had a, an 8, a Super 8 reel-to-reel, he could be watching it. Okay. So it's feasible that he could have, but he's like laughing at it. Like he is <laughs> fully gone mad because he's like watching the video. He's and having just a like, Clark Griswold. <laughs> yes. I, I have in my notes that he's gone full Jack Nicholson at this point. Yeah. Like oh, sure. it is now The Shining. Um. And he's coughing and sick. He's very sick. Um, and he starts seeing demon faces on the film, and he reverses the film, and it sits over the light too long, and the film melts. Um, but what I was wondering at this point is, like, does anyone think this might be, like, I don't know, a gas leak situation? <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Oh. And, that's and it what, affects, like, yeah, in and the basement more, right? Because yeah. he's right next to the boiler, so he's breathing in all those fumes, and, like, he's uh. coughing. <gasps> Has anyone thought about like maybe that's why he's crazy? No, Paige, it's definitely ghosts. Okay, his fine. wife is right. <laughs> definitely ghosts. Definitely ghosts. In my personal experience, people who work out that much and look like that are in really bad moods. I mean, it's because they haven't had a carb in months, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, they, all they do is they work out four hours a day and they haven't ate anything great. Worth it. We cut to the clock showing three fifteen a.m. It's dick o'clock. And yeah, he's, yeah. he's asleep next to the teddy bear. Oh, no, that poor teddy bear. <laughs> Don't you wish it was you? Um, and he's hearing catch them, kill them. The doors and windows all open. He walks through the house. The dog is barking. The front door is open. He walks outside and grabs the axe from the wood pile. He makes his way to the boathouse. It's locked, but there's clearly something inside, and he can hear the dog growling. He walks into the boathouse. The floorboards creak. He turns, and out of the corner of his eye, he sees, like, a demon in the boathouse, and he just swings at it, and we reveal almost instantly that he has killed the dog. Yeah, you hear it whine. It's so sad. sad. I hate it so much. And he's sad about it. Like, you can tell he's immediately like, oh, my God, what have I done? Um, But he cleans the dock. And the next day, his hands are shaking, and she walks into, like, the dining room and is basically like, hey, I think we should go. Yeah. Like, I think the house is a problem. I think we need to go. And this is where he says everything we have is in this house. So it is that sunk cost fallacy of, like, we can't we put too much into it. And then he just keeps commenting, it's always so cold here, and he won't let her leave. Yeah. So this is full shining at this point. Yeah. And the kids come in saying they can't find the dog. And he's just like, maybe it ran away. <laughs> Please believe that. <laughs> Looking at the boathouse. <laughs> uh, the priest shows up 
Thank goodness. And as the priest comes into the house, Ryan Reynolds is screwing the doors and windows shut so they don't yeah. open on their own. And the priest recognizes the teddy bear as Jody's. And he brings it up with Kathy. And Kathy's like, oh, yeah, they left it here. And he's like, no, they didn't. It was buried with that little girl. Yeah, I buried her. She had it. Yeah. So he walks into one of the rooms in the house and opens what I can only describe as like, you know, in an action movie where they open like a case and there's like an AK in it. He does that, but it's just like holy water in a sash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to bless the house. The holy water sizzling. Nice touch. Dude, if I threw holy water on the ground and it sizzled like it was on a skillet, I would fucking run. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, he also hears like growling from the vents, too. Yeah. Oh, you mean the shitload of flies? Uh. Oh, that too? Yeah. Because the door closes, oh. and the knob of the door has a cross on it, and it turns on, like upside down. Fuck yeah, it does. I really yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty really cool. Like what I thought was cool is, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Home Alone does a nod to this. In Joe Pesci's hand, you can see that cross upside down. Oh. <laughs> so, kind of like an Indiana Jones where he's got the like... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it. That's yeah. another good one. So... <laughs> Uh, a ton of flies come out of the vent. He finally gets the door back open. The flies go outside. He runs for his car. And as he runs, <laughs> we realize that Ryan Reynolds is right behind him. And he looks fucking scary. Yes. And the uh, wife runs after him, too. And she's like, where are you going? And he's like, fuck this shit. I'm out. And he like <laughs> yeah. floors yeah. it out of there. And then that's when Ryan Reynolds orbs up right behind her. And that's sort of a scary moment, too. Yeah. So we cut to that night when I guess one of the windows that he didn't nail down is open and we get a lot of the same <laughs> nighttime stuff we've been seeing. We, he's hearing the voices. He's yeah. still hearing dogs barking from the boathouse, even though we know that the dog is dead. Yeah. What's well, a ghost now? Ghost yeah. dog with Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that you make that joke every time And like you and I are the only ones who've ever seen that movie Oh you mean the Jim Jarmusch classic <laughs> I hate to break it to you Mikey But I've never seen Ghost Dog <laughs> Oh dude, you got it You gotta see it There's It's a scene so good Forrest, Forrest Whitaker goes into a guy's house That he's got to assassinate And he goes into the basement And he undoes a pipe And he puts the gun up the pipe And then simultaneously upstairs The guy's like I better look down the sink And he shoots him in the eyeball <laughs> It's so good. It's Ghost great. Does? It's so great. John, I'm so glad you see this movie. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, when we can finally hang out in person again, let's watch Ghost Dog. Oh, that's a good plan. Like, come over. We'll watch John come over. We'll watch Ghost Dog. It'll be great. Yeah. I'm inviting myself. It's happening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the TV in the basement turns on. He goes out to the boathouse and just collapses outside looking at it. And... <laughs> She watches it from the window. Uh, the next day, it's implied. I just thought of this, Paige. Sure, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> if they wanted a house, <laughs> why didn't they just sell the boat? Yeah, why does he own a speedboat and can't afford a house? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, a boat's got to be, like, ten grand at least back then. I mean, like, right? It depends on if it's, like, an old boat, like, if it's one he's had for a while. But it's like a speedboat. We see it at the end when they speed away. That's true. Yeah, they even say like, "Oh yeah, no, George has a speedboat." My first thought, my the first thing out of my mouth is like, "Why the fuck does he have a speedboat?" Right. Because her first husband owned a speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the the boat's the one that's actually haunted. That's why it's all happening in the boathouse. Oh, this makes so much sense. Oh. It all checks out. Hurt boathouses hurt people. <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. Finish the movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> we cut to, uh, it's implied it's the next day, but it's day 28, and Kathy's lying in bed. 
and is like replaying information that she knows about the house, kind of what the realtor said to her. And we cut to the basement where Ryan Reynolds rolls off the couch and barfs. Like he's still very sick. So Kathy goes to the library and we just get a montage of microfiche. Yeah, it's a microfiche montage. (laughs) It's so great. She looks up all the information about the DeFeo case and basically finds out that he murdered the whole family 28 days after moving into the basement. And she also finds a lot of the information on the torture device that they found, that just like metal piece. And also the further history of the house before the DeFeos, where I was somewhat unclear on this mythology, but it was like... (laughs) You're not alone. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay. Because at first, they do establish that the house was built in the 1600s. Yeah. And uh-huh. so for a hot I know second, it, Paige. Do you? Okay. You want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, please do, because I was a little... Yeah, so the center section of that house was made first, right? Right. That thing that he's been staring at literally is a blood trench, not the technical term. Right. That leads <laughs> out of the torture chamber that is like juxtaposed between her doing the microfiche montage. Right. Is him finding the torture room right and then the room that ketchum is in i'm gonna call him professor roke (laughs) 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 i knew mikey would get that okay so he goes in there and as he's going in there and this is all interdispersed with that montage right but he is seeing flashes of ketchum or we don't really see who's torturing Torturing the native american yeah Yeah. we don't see who it is but we know it's ketchum because we see him later right right it's just too close up to see it but we see him torturing native americans for whatever reason i don't know i assumed it was because he was trying to turn them christian because he was a member of the clergy i believe because it Uh. that that's the part that was confusing because it was like father ketchum yeah so that's why i thought he was torturing them for that reason yeah that is all headcanon though like i i don't know what the reason was but i assume i would say that makes the most most sense yeah what about thanksgiving <laughs> go on <laughs> Different settlers, I guess. wrong state is it yes this is new york but thanksgiving celebrated everywhere not until the 1800s it wasn't it also didn't start everywhere. It started all everywhere at the same time. They're like this Thursday. Literally in Canada, it's a different day. <laughs> it is a different day. Sure is. It's in October. It's way yeah, there it's way go. before Halloween. <laughs> Look, I'm not a Thanksgivingologist, okay? <laughs> <laughs> While we're on Ketchum, though, I do want to take a second to talk about the ego of naming your catchphrase after your own name. Right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is why I was a little confused. Because I was like, did he roll around in a van? Like, I'll catch him and kill him. Come on down to Ketchum, catch him and kill him. 800-244-5444. Don't call that number. Please don't sue us if you own that number. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, my God. He's a father. He's a catcher of men oh no mikey is that too deep christianity <laughs> no i liked it you know how i feel about it and the, the phrase is fisher of men but you're yeah. welcome whatever go ahead i do uh, sort of had wished that the whole time when we realized his name is ketchum that it had just been me them and kill them and then <laughs> me you're like them oh, <laughs> I get it. that would have been a funny reveal <laughs> It's like anytime somebody does memes where God is talking, he's like, oh, my me. Yes. (laughs) But we find out kind of via the microfiche and what he's finding in the basement that there were 20 bodies found down there. Yeah. 
and he's essentially encountering all of them, which is a very scary sequence of scenes. Yeah. Because it's real disturbing. Dude, when he, like, takes that blood bath, whatever fa- thing, he that's so disturbing. I did not like it. <laughs> it's weird that Ryan Reynolds continues exploring the torture chamber because yeah. every single prison has a really spooky ghost in it. Yeah. And he keeps going deeper and deeper, and you're like, you are seeing these, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Like, this is not the kind of room that you continue to explore. No. <laughs> no. You're like, oh, I see what's in here. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, God, I'm in the wrong place. Oh, no. Um, but so she calls him and tells him to get the kids out of the house. And he hangs up and then rips the phone out of the wall. Yeah. So she drives through the rain to the house. She gets there. She calls for the kids. She goes down to the boathouse. And he is like searching the water for bodies. Yeah, because the 20 bodies were found in the river or lake or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right there. I think it's a river, whatever. I think so. So she gets out there and she's like, we have to get out of here now. She falls into the water. Her hair gets stuck in the propeller. Uh She looks like a corpse and he turns the propeller on. So he's going to kill her and then turns it the other way. So it lets her go. She gets to the surface and climbs out. And for a second, it seems like it's going to be okay because he like realized it was her. I don't really know why they do that other than they can't kill her right now. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, you're welcome, and she's <laughs> like, you tried to murder yeah. me! <laughs> Which is insane, right? Like, that's insane. Yeah. Well, and he ends up chasing her and the kids through the house, where they're, like, trying to trap him with furniture, which is, again, Insidious 2 does this also, and I remember because it's the best Foley work of all time. We've talked about this many times. I love that he... Patrick Pilsen beams his wife with a teapot. Yeah, it's it's like they like fight, 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 punk, and it's perfect. It, it really is the sound. There's a YouTube video out there that is just him throwing it at her for the sound. It's so yes. fucking funny. Write this down, John. Yes. Yes. Oh, don't worry, I'm on. So it. great. You, yeah, you had me at Foley. Yeah, Patrick Pilsen. Patrick Pilsen. Uh, but it's essentially that same sequence of scenes of like running through the house. They end up running upstairs. They end up climbing out onto the roof. Yeah. Billy basically pulls like a bar off the roof and ends up knocking him off the roof. Yeah. Right on a lands in the dirt or in the mud because it's raining. But yeah. Right. Yeah, Billy's like, you're not my father. <laughs> <laughs> and now his shirt's so dirty, he's got to take it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, we kept saying that throughout the entire finale. Like, how are they going to write in him taking his shirt off? Like, that's, that's got to well, be integral. He to the fell plot, in right? mud. So there you go. Yeah. He's a dirty boy. <laughs> in the process he looks through a window and sees ketchum yeah like with the hat and everything uh he picks up the axe and he's gonna try and kill billy with it and billy's face seems to be going in and out like it's a demon face um she aims the gun at him and instead of firing it she knocks him out and for like a moment, it like knocks some of the happy memories back and they start to run away. <laughs> and he has this really confused me, too, because it looks like he kills her with the axe. Yeah, but I, I think hate it's just a, yes. a vision, I guess. Yeah. It's not it's his real. vision. Yeah. yeah, because she knocks him out again. They drag him to the boat. They tie him up and drag him. Yeah, they get him away from the house and he wakes up. And as they ride away from the house in the boat, he sees Jody. And, and that's, that's the movie. The movie. 
That's the movie, yeah. There it is. <laughs> you know what's funny is that them hog-tying Ryan Reynolds, George, right. uh, and dragging him into the boat is the only family activity they do in the entire movie. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Do you guys think they're still together? <laughs> I think as soon as they get away from that house and he's not a dick and they take that dirty shirt off, yes. <laughs> I think the kids can't get over something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's you try to true. murder them all the max. <laughs> They're going to be out of the house in like 10 years. It's fine. You don't give up abs like that. It is <laughs> such an abrupt ending. I think yeah. leaving in the boat, too, is a definite choice. Like, really inconvenient and. <laughs> They show that he's got a truck. They could have put him in the back of it. The boat just feels like, okay, somebody in production wanted a boat while they were filming near Real the water. Yeah. And they were like, okay, the boathouse is key. I can't. The boathouse is key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Did you yeah. see the post credit scene, though, where they just toss him in the water tied up? <laughs> no, like, like the end of funny games. They just, like, tip him off the side. Yeah, just like they did with their dad. Their, their, their first dad. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, though, if you play out that final scene, like in real life, they are 10 minutes from now, like pulling up at someone else's dock, like, hey, can, can, can we park here for a little while? Some shit's <laughs> happening at our house. Oh, yeah, there's also that one, like, last little moment where we see Jody in the house, the ghost of Jody in the house by herself. She's super sad. She sheds a tear. And then the fucking Ketchum pulls her down into the basement. Oh, yeah. It's like after she resets the house. Yeah, after she resets the house. Because she's a dick. <laughs> it's just like, is this Jody's story? Like, has the whole thing been like yeah. her, through her perspective? And like, in the end, nothing is better for Jody. No, and, and we don't really ever understand the link between her and Ketchum, other than the fact that she was also yeah. killed in the house, but killed by somebody else. So why aren't any of her other siblings there? Everyone else we've seen seems to have been one of Ketchum's torture victims. I do like hate the end of this now, John. That you said that. Because I just realized <laughs> that we are now witnessing Jody at the end of the movie is being pulled back into her personal hell. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's a horrible place to go. Be like, oh, remember this cute little girl ghost that you're like, hopefully she's actually helping them get out of here. She brings them to the boat. This is how you're going to escape. They go do that. They say thanks and wave a goodbye. But then she just gets pulled back down into the like blood furnace. Yeah. Oh, it's sad. She got Professor Oaked. <laughs> so uh, let's do some final thoughts. What do you guys think of the movie? Having seen it and having talked about it, what do you guys think? I think I like it more than the original. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> I, okay, like the original's got James Brolin. James Brolin's always great. Okay, abs mm -hmm. or not, James Brolin wins the George Lutz Award. Oh, can you imagine putting those abs on James Brolin? Oh. He doesn't need them. He doesn't need them. He makes up for an abs in perm. Okay. <laughs> You're oh, right, actually. I mean, yeah. He had a bigger perm in the 70s than my mom did in the 80s. I just realized <laughs> I've been picturing Josh Brolin this whole time. <laughs> I honestly think I liked it better than the original, too, although it is more scary, and I hope I never have to watch either of them again. Because this one is quite a bit more scary than the original one was. Although I think that of a lot of 70s horror, it's just not nearly as scary as more modern-ish horror is. What if we cut together just the scenes of him chopping wood for you? <laughs> and running into rooms yeah, shirtless. Yeah, running into rooms shirtless. Would you watch it again then? I would need three to five minutes of your time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Sometimes I struggle with horror from this time period because it's before CGI got good. And so depending on 
what people try to pull off effects wise really kind of I think really makes a difference as to whether or not I'm going to find something scary or not and I think this film leans heavily on practical effects which I think makes it scarier for me um overall I I enjoyed it I'm probably not gonna rush back to rewatch it a bunch but yeah it was good yeah, the only thing CGI-wise, like, those flies do not hold up. No, they no. don't. Yeah, <laughs> no. I was worried when I picked this that because I was like, I have not watched this since college. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to hold up. Because we've, we've revisited a lot of these this era's movies, and it's like, yikes. Uh, but I, I agree, uh, John. I like it better than the original, and I felt like it held up really well, and I feel like it's pretty underrated. It's a good time. And it has all the abs. It yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. So, Paige, you have some fun facts for us? I do. Do you guys want to know if somebody is required to tell you whether or not there was a, a yes. violent crime in your house? Yes. Fuck yeah, I do. Yes, please. I've been thinking about it for two hours, Paige. So, <laughs> this varies from state to state. Oh. So, different states have different regulations. So, you should probably look up the ones for your own state if you're curious about your own state. If you want a murder house. Yeah. If you want a murder house. In New York where this movie takes place, up until 1995, they were required to tell you um, because they it was considered need-to-know information. There's a, a bunch of things that a real estate broker is you know, required to tell you, and this was one of them, but they opted to pass a law in 1995 to try and alleviate gaps in the housing market for stigmatized properties is what it's called oh man and so the new york legislature amended the broker licensing laws to relieve them of duty for disclosing the following they no longer had to disclose if a previous owner or occupant had been hiv positive or had aids um or that a property was the site of a felony such as a homicide suicide or another debt and that means that buyers actually can't sue brokers who fail to disclose those matters, but they may make written inquiries, um, but the seller can choose not to respond, and the broker doesn't have to respond, but they can, a lot of those details are stored in public record, yeah. so you can look it up as a public record of where you live. So Google it either way, like Kim, John, if you guys want <laughs> one of these houses, just Google it, and if you don't, Google it for that same reason. I just looked it up in Tennessee. They don't have to disclose it either. Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing. I know it sounds terrible to, like, they don't have to tell you. Uh, part of the, the bigger reason why these laws were passed were so that people did not have to disclose if a previous owner had uh, HIV or AIDS. Yeah. Because the likelihood of you contracting either of those from a home is incredibly slim. And it was a way to kind of stigmatize properties that were overwhelmingly owned by people of color and LGBTQIA individuals, yeah. just purely based on who was not able to receive the care they need for those types of diseases. So that's the bigger reason why the law passed, and a lot of states passed laws around the same times for that reason. Yeah. Um, but a lot of states also lumped in that, like, we don't have to tell you somebody was murdered here into that same thing. So, yeah. Google it. They call it the sucka bill of 1995. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Do you want just regular fun facts? Yeah, yeah, hit us with some yeah. regular fun facts. So, it's interesting, on the episode we taped earlier today for Nightmare on Film Street, uh, we talked about Jennifer's body a lot. Uh, kind of ironic, because Woo. Megan Fox auditioned for the role of the babysitter. Really? No what? Shit. That would have been perfect. I would have gotten completely different vibes from her. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I would have been okay with some of the not okay things. <laughs> I mean, like, she seems, she seems rad. You should French her. Um, <laughs> so on set, Ryan Reynolds chose to kind of stay a little bit distant from the kids playing his children to the point where they legitimately thought that he did not like them. And he basically Aww. just wanted it to be that when he started changing, they wouldn't have that disconnect of like, oh, Ryan really likes us. He doesn't mean it. He wanted them to look real. Um, so it wasn't until literally after shooting rap that he was like, I'm actually really nice. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, That's really funny. Just before shooting started, the body of a fisherman who'd been murdered washed up on oh. the bank of the river near the house. <laughs> but did they have to disclose it to the production team? <laughs> Catch him and kill him. Yep. <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz, little baby, did all of her own stunts despite being really? only eight years old at the time. Yeah. Aww. She is a badass. She is a badass. Ryan Reynolds wore contact lenses through most of the movie to give his eyes that kind of red tint. You could tell. Yeah. Now... When MGM went to go make this movie, they claimed that they were remaking it based on new information uncovered during research of the original events. But <laughs> the actual George Lutz, who's a real person, uh, basically said no one ever spoke to him or his family about the project. When they originally um, wrote novels and things about what happened to them and the original movies happened, they sold their life rights. And so the studio had purchased them and they had no connection to it at all. And no say over what happened with it. And no say over, yeah. over what happened. So they tried to sue, but they couldn't. None of their requests for information were acknowledged. And it wasn't until 2004 that the studio literally filed a motion demanding that they were allowed to make a remake of their movie. The Lutzes countersued, citing violations to contracts that they had signed originally. But it didn't matter because George Lutz died in 2006, and they had already started making that movie while the court case was still pending. Oh, so wow. they basically were just wow. like, until we officially lose, we're making this movie. Yeah. So Okay. Wow. Uh, this movie was not screened for critics at all. Really? They were worried. <laughs> of, yeah, they wanted to keep it a secret. And so they kind of didn't screen it for a lot of publicity screenings or critics. They did some very secret audience screenings very few recuts and then released it because they wanted kind of the element of surprise because it is different from the original yeah on the tv show celebrity ghost stories super fave <laughs> very fun um melissa george who plays kathy lutz said that she constantly felt like the set was haunted and they learned in the middle of filming that the real kathy lutz who basically had inspired the movie passed away as they were filming so she started to believe that the actual Kathy Lutz was haunting her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and during filming, inexplicably, many of the cast and crew members begin waking up at 3.15 in the morning, the same time Ronnie DeFeo murdered his family. That's Dick O'Clock. No. Dick O'Clock. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the devil and uh, Dicks are on the same time wave. I mean, that honestly <laughs> checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly makes a lot more sense now that it sounds like a gun is being cocked at 3.15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's how he wakes her up. He's like. <laughs> 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 
Oh, and I just sorry before you before you find your fact. I just finished your song for you, Michael. It's catch 'em, kill 'em all, dick o'clock. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So yeah. only took two hours, but we got it. <laughs> uh, the original address of the actual Amityville house is 112 Ocean Avenue, and it was actually changed by subsequent owners to a different number because tourists just kept showing up at the house. Um, so in the movie, the address is listed as 412 Ocean Avenue, yeah. but the numbers on the actual street only go up to 399. Oh. So, so don't fall for it, trespassers. <laughs> yeah. The old elevator rule. But they literally just changed, like, they filed a motion to change the address of the house and then changed the numbers on the outside of the house, too, so it's out of sequence. But it's also such a recognizable house. Yeah. The house yeah. is in all the artwork for both movies. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who has been to the house. He couldn't go inside, but he's been to the outside. And he said, even if you ask neighbors, like, which house is it, they won't tell you. Interesting. They, they're basically oh, wow. like, no, that's not this neighborhood, which is crazy. Good, good neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. The windows on the Amityville house that, like, look so great are on the back of the house. They are on you the back of the house. just rent a boat. Yeah, just rent a boat. Just, like, tour is, over. Is it really like, oh. right on the water? Is it actually? It's not oh, as no. close. I mean, there is still water behind it, but you can walk behind it. The shots my friend has of it, he was able to just like kind of hop a tiny fence, walk around, and get a picture of the back of the house. So he was able to oh, break cool. the law and then get a picture of the house? Yeah. Breaking the law. Good breaking the law. Yes. That dude is priest again. Yeah. What house does the babysitter live in now? <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> For your own good, Mikey. Okay. But those are our fun facts. <laughs> well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Uh, do you guys want to do some box office? Sure. All right. So what do you guys think the budget for this movie was when it came out? Ooh, 12 two, million? Yeah, I was going to say 2005. Yeah. I'll go 11.9. Okay. I'm going to go a little lower, actually, oh. because this is kind of before Ryan Reynolds is super famous. Oh, he's always been famous to me, baby. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 8 million. All right. 20 1.5. I think Mikey is the closest. It was $18.5 million. Oh. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Now, this movie came out on April 15th, 2005. So, tax day, 2005. At least here in the States. I don't know when you guys pay taxes in Canada. I'm sure you do because you guys have health care. But, like, it's a nightmare <laughs> wasteland down here. So, uh, it was number one at the box office when it came out. It beat Sahara, which is an, a great movie. Fever Pitch, Sin City, and Guess Who? That was your top five oh. that week. Amityville Horror was number one. Sin City. I loved Sin City. <laughs> Honestly, Sahara's much better. So what do you guys think it made its first weekend out domestically? I was there, opening weekend. This was super popular. The, I think this I made, mean, it was number one. Number one, dang. I, it yeah. made, I'm, I'm going to say it probably made easily 10 to 15 its first weekend. Okay. What do you guys think? I'm gonna say twenty two million at the box office opening weekend. Okay. I'm gonna say thirty five. Fuck it. Okay. Mikey. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh thirty three. <laughs> All right. So I think John was the closest, but you guys can check my math. Yes. It was twenty three point five million dollars. Nice. It's nice. opening right weekend out. Uh it went for a good number of weeks. It did pretty well in the box office. So what do you guys think it made domestically for its total run? Just domestically. We'll talk international in a second. Domestically, I'm going to go like 80. Okay. 116. 118. Oh. Oh. $1. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. If we're doing prices right rules, I think Mikey wins. Uh, yes. 65.2 million domestically, but 
John and Kim, you guys are very close if you factor in international because internationally. <laughs> we are international. Oh. <laughs> so you guys are probably part of that 43.9 that it brought in internationally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that, that would bump its total up to $109 million. So nice. that is what it made at the box office. It was a hit. Yay. I mean, it, it did not have a choice with the 666 abs. Yeah, it sells tickets. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does. But that's your box office. Mike, you want to do the scary scale? So our scary scale, listeners, is a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10 about how scary we found the film today when we watched it. It's not a scale of quality, but just how scary we are when we watch the film this time. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Johnny Kim, you will go first. So this movie's got a lot of jump scares, which, like, arguably are kind of cheater scares. Um, but they were ghosts, so I'm going to I'm gonna give it a 7. 7. Ooh, that's high. I jumped! I legitimately jumped a few times. Don't let anyone shame you for your scary scale number, because <laughs> that happens to me a lot. Do not feel shame. <laughs> I, I I will agree that the jump scares are effective, and I don't so much scream when I watch movies, but I do recognize that when I go, <laughs> I know that I'm scared, but I'm loving it. Uh, so the manly uh, yell, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, especially when she puts her finger in that little kid's head. Uh, so I I will give it a five out of ten. Okay, Paige. Um, I'm gonna give this a four. I felt like it was front loaded with scares, where there was a lot of early scares that were really great, and then it kind of loses steam as the movie goes on. And even though we've got a lot of creepy things, a lot of it is confusing, which I think kind of dials the scare back for me a little bit because I'm kind of trying to figure out what's going on through a lot of the later scares. Um, so for me, this is about a four. All right, Todd. Yeah, so for me, this is also a seven. This is a Yay. little bit. This is a little bit less scary than Hell House LLC, which I believe I gave an eight. So I'll give this a seven. But yeah, there was a lot of very jumpy moments for me. I'm gonna give it a three. I think because I think it loses a lot of scare once you've already seen it once. Yeah, that I I would agree with you. That makes sense. But it was fun because you could notice more abs. There you but go. That, that, that's our scary scale. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. So, John and Kim, thank you guys so much for joining us here for this episode. Would you please tell our listeners where they can hear more from you? Well, first off, thank you so much for having us. This has been a blast. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, love, love talking with you all, and it was, it was so much fun to revisit this movie. Um, you can find Nightmare on Film Street wherever you find podcasts. Wherever you found the horror version, you're also going to find uh, Nightmare on Film Street podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. Uh, on Instagram at Nightmare on Film Street. My personal account is John on a string and Kim's is Kimmy Kill Zombie. I could have said my own. It felt weird that like there was just <laughs> one other thing to throw over to you. Like, here, you do the rest. <laughs> I'm at Kimmy Kill Zombie. <laughs> well, awesome. This is a lot of fun. I actually really have a lot of fun. You guys are great. This is a blast. Yeah. This is yeah, so this was actually really fun. Yeah. Oh, I, I always knew this was going to be a good time. Like, every time I listen to your show, I'm just like, they sound like they're having a blast they're talking about these They're silly like us. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley 
on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff, like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes, where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things, like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me but not Todd just look me up on Venmo or his only fans which really should just be called only feet because that's what you get but guys <laughs> but it's just because I don't know how to work my camera phone <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit the front facing camera button so it's always just a picture of his feet anyway guys if you can't financially support the show that's understandable that's fine but if you want to hang out with us on the daily join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin we also link it like once a week so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group we're closing in on 1600 members it's amazing you guys are awesome and literally we're in there talking every day it's awesome and guys we got a P.O. box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. Nick B. Nick B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He owns a boat and he's real, real pretentious about it. <laughs> He's like, hey, do you want to go on my boat? He's like, I took part in Dun- Dunkirk. <laughs> I don't think Nick B's that old. How old is Nick B? I don't think he's... He's timeless. He's a grandpa. He actually is a grandpa. Oh, is he? I thought it was more like Kenneth Parcell from 30 Rock. He's always 27 <laughs> or whatever. That's okay. According to the Romancing the Pod Facebook group, I haven't aged since 2007. So. <laughs> well, you and Nick B have something in common then. There you go. This episode also brought to you by Ori. Ori. Uh, Ori, uh, kind of a shitty real estate agent. She sold someone a house <laughs> where a family was murdered. I mean, listen, according to the law in most states, they do yes. not have to disclose whether someone has died in the premises. So they were just abiding by the law. If the people who bought that house want to request those records from the state, that is their right to do so, but they have to do it within a date and time. To Google! This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. Opossums and possums aren't the same. Dun, dun, dun. In North America, I know, right? In North America, opossums and possums describe the same thing. But in Australia, the word possum refers to a completely different animal. (laughs) Among the most well-known of their respective types are the Virginia opossum and the bushtail possum. Both are small to medium-sized omnivorous marsupials, but the similarities end there. The possum looks like a cute cross between a squirrel and a chinchilla, and it belongs to a different order than the North American mammal that shares its name. Despite the potential for confusion, possum is accepted as the shortened version of opossum in this part of the world. This episode also brought to you by Jeff, and Jeff would like you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where they break down an episode of the Netflix series, Jessica Jones Weekly. And did you guys hear Jessica Jones writes just defaulted back to Marvel so they might be able to do some more with it? So look out for upcoming new episodes of Kissing Jessica Jones. Maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know if WandaVision's any indication that could be a really good thing. It could, yeah. <laughs> yes. This episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business, and Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. And if you guys want yourself some, I don't know, tarantulas, spiders, scorpions, centipedes, millipede, or other apedes, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook, and they will literally ship you bugs. So do it. Welcome back to another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. Patreonicals. Mm, last week, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, it did, Mikey. Do you remember any of it? Mm. <laughs> they're at Niagara Falls and behind the falls Tristan transformed to a boat because he's a transformer now everybody's on the boat uh, there's a dude named Scott behind the waterfall yeah 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 and... that's where I think that's where it left off last week I think yes and Scott is decently cool nice is it because he's behind a chilly waterfall yeah <laughs> he's physically cold um, but he was like hey that big ass dog chasing you she's such, she's such a bitch <laughs> welcome to welcome to Niagara Falls. This is where I, you know I know how to tell you how to kill the dog, and I know the location of Chip. Oh, so he knows where one of the head of heads of the Illuminati are, and he knows how to kill your dog. Yeah. Okay. But he's like, but they trapped me in here. They tortured me for years. I've actually been in here for seven years. Seven whole years. <laughs> it's almost like he broke a mirror. Kate was like, do you want to come with us to kill Chip? And then he was like, yeah. So they, he got into the boat, and they're like, he's like, okay, so Chip is in the Amazon. Yeah, we have to go south. What? I mean, some, they had to go north to get to go south. I mean, sometimes you got to get up to get down. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Tristam turns into a bigger boat, a more of a seafaring vessel. Right. There's always a bigger boat. Modeled after the relationship. And he was like, <laughs> beep, bop, boop, now I'm a ship. <laughs> Amy and Sasha... In the meantime, I've become best friends because they have been traveling together for a while. Right. So uh, Sasha's like, okay, I think what Scott's talking about, I've analyzed what he's talking about. I think that Chip is an ancient evil from the Amazon, uh, from the Atlanteans. <laughs> okay, sure, go for it. Yeah. Say it's Lemuria. It's Lemuria. What's Lemuria? Is that a sexually transmitted disease? Oh, my God, it burns when I pee. I wonder if I have Lemuria. I wonder if they have Lemuria. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So they're Atlanteans, but they're in the they're in the Amazon um, River. There's an ancient thing there. Scott knows about it. He also uh, is made of rock. I forgot to tell you guys that. Scott is made of rock. Yes, he looks like the thing. Goddamn, Scott, you rock. So Amy spruced up Tristram to make it more like a spaceship isk ship. Like she she spruced it up, so she's doing good. I'm sorry, she spruced up a boat and turned it into a spaceship. That's a bit more than a sprucing, Mikey. She's an engineer. I mean, listen, we just moved into my house, and I literally put up curtains yesterday. My house is not a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie um, has having the ship being pulled by a bunch of dolphins. He talked to a bunch of dolphins, and they agreed to pull the ship south. So they're headed towards the Amazon River where it empties into the ocean in Brazil. Okay. So cut to the road-tripping evil people. Um, they stopped at the biggest ball of yarn on their way out west and um isaac was like karun have you ever seen the world's biggest ball of yarn and karun was like i'm not from this planet so obviously not i really hate you and this place <laughs> and so the karun got really mad and threw dave out of the car and it ran over him wow got dragged behind the car the whole time so they got to Oof. the big ball of yarn and they just went out and looked at it isaac got out and climbed it with his superhuman cannibal strength as he started eating people again and then um, he's back on the wagon <laughs> yeah, he's back on that keto <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's back, he's, yeah. 
that paleo diet. <laughs> it's a peopleio diet. <laughs> peopleio. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> evil Matthew was like, well, fuck this ball of yarn. So he moved the wedge and it rolled away and Isaac had to jump off of it. And then uh, it killed like 17 more people that were hiding. People or zombies? Both. <laughs> Both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's this week's episode. I guess when Amy was sprucing up the boat, she didn't add a propeller since it had to be pulled by dolphins. What other shitty landmarks will Karun be forced to look at next? Was Rivers Cuomo amongst the dead at the giant ball of yarn? Find out next week at another episode of The Patrionicals. I look just like Bonnie. Roll and your Mary Tyler brains. And this episode was finally brought to you by Chris. And Chris wants you guys to know that you are loved and you are listened to and you are a valuable member of this awesome, awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with Chris and the rest of us, please, please join that Facebook group and or Discord server where we talk daily. That's going to be it for us, you guys, this week. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, y'all. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have an amazing week. Bye. Six, six, six pack nerds. I'm gonna buy a boat. <laughs>